training is full of surprises. It's part of the reason that it's full of hope. And those surprises tend to come from players that you've forgotten about. Morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. I could run through, I guess, half the roster, given the Pirates' performance from 2023 and the severely limited additions that have taken place since then. But I'm instead going to try to find players in whom management, their teammates, or maybe even just me, where I've got faith that they can do something significant in the coming five weeks. And I'm going to start with Josh Palacios, not because I necessarily think Palacios is going to erupt onto the scene, more so because he's going to have a very real opportunity, unless you're one of the few people who can name the other right field candidates. And also because, man, his guys believe in him. He's become uh, almost a, a cause in that clubhouse. And that began with about oh, a month or two left in the 2023 season. And sure, some of that was drama-based. It seemed like the only time he'd ever light up the box score was whenever he'd light up the whole baseball world for a day with some epic blast at just the right time in front of his family or his brother playing for the other team. Well, that stuff weighs very heavily in the baseball community. It just does. It doesn't so much anymore on the outside, especially with the advent of advanced analytics and the disbelief in the concept of clutch and so forth. But in there, it's real. It is as real as real gets. And they think this guy's got something. They think he's a late bloomer. Again, I'm referring to his teammates, and I could see him, especially with that power stroke and the way the wind blows, quite literally, I mean, in Bradenton, that he could mash and he could get people's hopes up. I could throw out the name of Ryan Baraki, only I don't know that anyone's known it to forget it. Lefty out of the pen last year who was really, really efficient. And as he joked with me before a game in Philadelphia in September, he goes, I don't think I'm that old. I don't feel like I'm that old. And he, he's just on this side of 30. So he's kind of right. Plus, he's a lefty, which means he might as well be 20. So he's somebody who could make an impact, even though it'd be a subtle one. He's not going to blow people away. For that, I'd go to my next guy, who's Carmen Wojcinski really came on at the end of last season. But here again, if you go back over the full couple of months that he put into that strong finish, there's something there. He was drafted as a starter. He came up. They moved him to relief early on. It appears to have been a, a good developmental move. And he pitched in some tough situations. Don't forget. He was the one out there on the mound getting the biggest out of all in that historic comeback in Cincinnati. 
After him, I'm going to mention Nick Gonzalez, which seems nuts that we would be talking about Gonzalez as a first-round pick and being forgotten, but it's almost as if he doesn't even count as a prospect anymore. He's not that old. He's 24. He's not that young. And he's hit at different stages of his ascent through the minors. He's also struck out way too much. He got to Pittsburgh. He occasionally hit, and he also struck out way too much. He's got, at least theoretically, a chance to win the second base job. I believe that's going to go to Leo Verpaguero, even if Paguero gets outplayed because the Pirates, and a lot of people for that matter, and rightly so, value his potential. But Gonzalez was not only a first-round pick, he was seventh overall. This would be one whale of a bust if he ends up becoming one. And the last guy I'm going to cite today, and I'm leaving him last on purpose because I I threw a, a pretty strong stance behind him last spring. That's Jihuan Bay. I felt like he had a chance to really make something of himself as a rookie because of his skill set, because of his efficiency and productivity in AAA at the plate, but way more because the rules were going to change. Stealing bases was about to become super easy. And sure enough, all through the spring and then into the season, into April, Bay made it look easier than easy. And so did a few other pirates, and it looked like they were really onto something, and then they weren't. Because the rest of the National League, within two or three weeks, found out everything that the pirates were trying to do on the base paths and just began gunning them down at will, including Bay. Didn't matter how fast he was, didn't matter how much of a jump he got, boom, you're out. And it felt like that took a big chunk of his identity away from him. And maybe that affected him at the plate. Maybe it didn't. There were times when he looked like he could hit. And then there was most of the season when it looked like he couldn't. He struck out awkwardly all too often. He hit the ball into the ground and, you know, not in such a way that he was going to beat all of them out. And maybe what stood out for me the most was that he just became Awful at second. Now, maybe he was awful at second all along, but he couldn't make a relay throw, you know, a 6-4-3, 5-4-3, to save his life. If he was the guy at second, that play was dead the moment it hit his glove. So does he have a chance? Sure, he's there. He's one of the three players in that second base mix. He also can play some outfield, occasionally spectacular outfield, if you'll recall the catch he made in Seattle last year and a couple others. But you never know. That's the theme here today. It could be anybody. It could be one of these non-roster invites. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of steak on a stone and eating experience underscoring the word experience the steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Kenneth, who asks, So, DK, if the Henry Davis experiment works and he becomes our everyday catcher, what happens to Andy Rodriguez in 2025? Andy's a beast behind the plate. He played in a third of the games with less than 200 at-bats, but there's major upside with him. Do the Pirates work with him at first base? It's a good problem to have, for sure. It's something I've thought about, Ken. I'm not going to lie. Because... My hopes have been maybe falsely higher for Andy than they've been for Henry, especially when it comes to offense. I have seen Andy really rake, and I've seen Henry hit some home runs. There's a difference between the two, especially in 2024. Sure, the home runs are valued, Uh, Probably as much as they've ever been in the game. But you also need to show a good eye at the plate. You need to be able to go with the pitch where it's pitched. You need to be able to produce consistently. So while there's very much a possibility that Henry could end up being a better hitter in all ways than Andy, he hasn't been to date. And defensively, as you suggest, there's no contest between them. Andy's been the far superior defensive catcher. So what happens between the two of them in 2025 will obviously be determined, I believe, first and foremost, by what happens to Henry in 2024. If he starts out in the minors, as the Pirates appear to be telegraphing already that he will, then he's got to show that he can catch in Indianapolis. He's also got to show that he can do some different things at the plate. Henry apparently agrees with this assessment since he spent a significant portion of his offseason working on adjusting his swing, his swing path, the better to make more consistent, more solid contact. Henry's a 1-1. Henry's an advanced 1-1, having played three years of college ball. Henry needs to be making an impact right about, you know, now or pretty close to now? And let's suppose from the positive standpoint that he does. If he does, and he looks like he's improved defensively and he's taken charge of the pitching staff and everything else, why wouldn't the Pirates revisit the original plan they had for those two, at least conceptually, meaning that they could split the duties back there and then they could move to other positions as needed? Or get a rest the way catchers need. So, Andy catches, Henry goes to right field. Henry catches, Andy goes to first base. Andy's an athlete, I'll tell you that much. He can play anywhere. I I wouldn't be stunned to see them try him anywhere. But first things first, there's nothing you can do about Andy's situation. It's just lost for the year. But there is a lot that you can do with Henry. This is the year of Henry. Whether it's in Indianapolis or in Pittsburgh, he's got to take... I was going to say that next step. He's got to take that next couple of steps. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 